You may be familiar with the Roman road to salvation. Maybe you've heard it or used it or, or what have you. And since I have asked you, this is our announcement slide that, that talks about who's your one. About, it talks about asking God to give you the name of one person. Put that one person on your heart. And that you will pray for that person. Pray for the opportunity to share the gospel with that person. Pray for the discernment and wisdom to know when that opportunity arrives. And pray for the courage to speak when it arrives. And I've asked you to do this. And, and again, this is part of our announcement slide. So uh, it's every Sunday that it's a reminder. And since I have asked you to do this, I thought we should probably go through the Roman road to salvation. And so we're going to do that over the course of the next uh, six weeks or so. There are seven stops along the road, uh, the Roman road. So for the next six weeks or so, you, uh, you can just put a, bar, a bookmark in Romans because that's where we're going to be. <laughs> so we're going to start this morning with the first stop, the Roman road to salvation, stop number one this morning. And so uh, and we're going to do this the way I have been doing it. We, we're going to talk about uh, the context uh, around the verses. Then we're going to look at what it says about God, what it says about us, and what it says that we need to do now that we know this about God and ourselves. And then we're going to look kind of phrase by phrase through the main verse, and then look for the comfort and challenge in each portion or each passage. I believe every passage of Scripture has both a, a comfort and a challenge to it. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 3 this morning, and we're going to start in verse 21. The, the main verse is verse 23, which we read earlier, but we're going to start in verse 21 and read through verse 26. It is up here behind me, but if you want to turn in your Bibles, Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented Him as an atoning sacrifice in His blood, received through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteousness to the one who has faith in Jesus. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about sin today. Finally, something we're good at, right? So let's talk about sin today. First, let's look at the context here. The, uh, the context of this is, uh, and I've said before many times as we've wandered through Ro uh, verses in Romans, Romans is probably the most complete theology uh, or of, of Paul's theology of Christ. It's, it's the most complete argument. Um, law schools still use the, the book of Romans as a way to lay out a legal argument uh, because it's perfectly done. Now, I will say this, Paul is a great theologian, a great theologian, and he's a good writer, but he does wander a bit, you know? I think, honestly, if I wandered as much as he, he does through, through Scripture, that you would probably 
the deacons would probably call a meeting to talk to me about chasing rabbit trails because Paul really does. He, he, he presents a, an argument and then he kind of wanders around a bit and then comes back to the argument. He does this quite a bit. Now, <clears throat> it was a way of doing, of structuring an argument in this time. Uh, it's not something that we're used to, so we have to kind of get used to that as we read through Romans. Now, the immediate context here uh, Paul is talking about the, the verses that are, that are immediately surrounding that we read. He's talking about faith in Christ versus righteousness found in the law. And he, and he clearly states there is no righteousness in the law. There is none. And so we, we have this comparison of faith in Christ and following the Jewish law. And so the, the basic question is, is asked, are we justified? Are we made righteous by faith alone, and Paul would, would clearly answer that question, yes. Yes, we are. We are made righteous, and we are declared justified by faith in Christ alone. So what does this say about God? Well, verse 21 talks about the law and the prophets. God, God told us Christ was coming. Now, I, I, I think this is an important point because of this, because we know all of the prophecies that Christ's coming fulfilled means when we read that he's coming back, we can be pretty sure he is. We know he is because he fulfilled all of the prophecies of his first coming. So we can be certain that he's coming back. God told us Christ was coming. Christ came. And now God is telling us Christ is coming again. And so we can be certain he is. We can have faith that, that, that Christ is the one God sent. It also tells us that God knew our problem. Our problem is sin. Our problem is sin. And God knew that was our problem. And so God sent the solution. He sent Christ. And, and, he, and there's some kind of pregnant terms in this. We got righteousness and and justification and atoning sacrifice. We have all of these, uh, these kind of pregnant terms that we're going to look at as we go through because God gave us Christ in order to justify us, to give us justification. And so what is justification? It is being declared innocent. We are declared innocent in Christ. By faith in Christ, we are declared innocent as if you have never sinned before. That's a beautiful thing. So we are declared innocent. We are justified. And then it talks about us being made righteous. Now, righteousness is an ethic. We are ethically clean. We have, we have no moral or ethical fault. That's ethically pure is righteousness. So in Christ, we are declared innocent and made Ethically pure, but only in Christ. Only in Christ. So, so it tells us that, that God knew our problem and he knew, our, knew the solution. And that Jesus and Jesus alone brings the justification and the righteousness of God. Only Christ. It doesn't list a bunch of stuff that you have to do. It doesn't list a bunch of other people. It doesn't list a, 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 a program you must follow. 
It says, in Christ. In Christ, you are declared innocent. And in Christ, you are made ethically pure. And then it's it, it, this atoning sacrifice. That, that, that's a, uh, it's a Greek word from a Hebrew word that means to cover. See, in the, in the Levitical system, when sin was covered by the blood of the sacrifice, so when God looked down, he didn't see the sin of the people, he saw the people through the blood of the sacrifice. Christ, this says that Christ is that atoning sacrifice. He is the blood that was shed so that when God looks at you, he sees you through the blood of Christ. And so you are literally declared innocent, made ethically pure, and, and you look like Christ to God. This is a beautiful thing. It also tells us that Christ redeems us. Now, we've talked about this word before also. In the Roman world, there were more slaves than there were free people. And the, the slaves were bought and sold in the marketplace. And to redeem a slave meant to buy a slave set it free. So in Christ, we are declared innocent. We are made ethically pure. And we are bought and paid for and set free. That's what these verses talk, tell us about God. That's what, what this tells us God has done for us in Christ. And I'll mention again, verse 24 says, the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. There is no redemption apart from Jesus Christ. It's Christ and Christ alone that gives us all of this, that, that justifies us, that makes us righteous, that redeems us, that covers our sin, only Christ. So what's this say about us? You are the target, focus, and purpose of this redemption. Jesus did not have to come here for God's sake. He did not have to come here to pay for his sin. He was sinless. He came to save you. He came for us. We, you and I, are the target, focus, and purpose of the redemption of Christ. You and I. And it says that we have all sinned. I'm sorry, but all means all. Now, Kim and I were actually talking about this uh, uh, at worship team practice. We can understand this from two ends of this scale. First of all, we can understand that, that you think you have a sin God can't forgive. No, you're just one of the all that has sin. You can't get beyond it. There is no beyond hope. There is no beyond redemption. There is no beyond, uh, I've sinned too much because what you've done is what everybody else does. Now, we can also understand this from the other end of the scale. If you're sitting here thinking, well, I haven't, you know, I'm a pretty good person and I haven't murdered anybody, so, so I probably am okay with God. No, you're not, because all have sinned every single one of us. So we all have the same problem. And so there is one solution for the problem we all have. Christ. The redemption that we have in Christ. Now, if you're thinking, uh, if you're one of those that, that are thinking, well, I haven't really done anything too terrible. You know, I'm kind of a good person and, and I haven't murdered anybody or anything, and so I'm pretty much okay. Then I want to read you 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 through 10. 
It, it's up here, but I want to read it to you. It says, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So if you're sitting here thinking, well, I don't really have a sin problem, then you are calling God a liar. You're calling God a liar. God says we all have sin and that we all have this problem. And so he sent a solution, but there is one solution, and it is Jesus Christ. In Christ, we are made justified, declared innocent. We are made righteous, declared ethically pure. We are redeemed, bought, paid for, and set free. Only in Christ. We, we have to understand our need for Christ in order to truly accept Christ. So this is what we must do. We must trust Christ. We have to get, we have to get, we have to understand our need. If you don't think you're sick, you won't take the cure. If you don't know that you have a problem, you, you, you're not looking for the solution. And so the first stop on the Roman road is this stop. The stop that says, you have a problem. That we all have a problem. And the problem is sin. We all have sin. We've, uh, you hear me say it every week at the end of the service, we have said things wrong. We have thought things wrong. We have done things wrong. That's what the Bible calls sin. So we must trust Christ and Christ alone not Christ plus, not Christ plus what we can do, not, not Christ plus uh, uh, the, these, these acts of contrition, Christ. Surrender to Christ. And you are redeemed, you are made righteous, and you are justified. So let's look at this phrase by phrase, for all have sinned. All means all. This, this Greek word means everyone. So, everyone here, everyone you know, <laughs> everyone you don't know, all human beings, all means all. We all have a sin problem. And that problem has been solved by Christ. But we have to first recognize that there's a problem. As I, as I, I said before, if you're not... If you don't admit you're sick, you won't take the cure. If you, if you don't admit that you need it, you will not. You will not accept Christ. And so the, we must stop here first. And this, this idea of sin, there's, there's several different words for sin in the Bible. This, this actually carries two different meanings, and you see them both in this same verse. The first one is to know the will of God and not to follow it. So when you think it's bad stuff, it's tr that's true. But it's also when you know what God wants you to do and you don't do it. So regardless of whether you see this strictly as bad stuff or, or good stuff, if you know the will of God and don't do it, 
you have sinned according to this word. And then the second part of that is fall short of the glory of God. That, that idea of falling short of the target. If you imagine in your mind a, a target and you're, you, you've got a bow and arrow and you're shooting at this target and your, your arrow lands several feet in front of the target into the ground. That's falling short of the glory of God. That's falling short of God's expectations. God has expectations for you. And this is, this is where a lot of folks have problems. We don't want God to have expectations of us. We don't, because we, we just don't want God to, to be telling us what to do and what not to do. We have this, this sinful nature that keeps us from, from agreeing with God. And so this is where we have the most problem. We fall short because we, we don't even want to hit the target. We're not even aiming at the target. We're aiming at what we want. We're going we're gonna to sling that arrow where we decide, not where God tells us. But you know, when, when I say God has expectations of us, we have expectations of each other too, don't we? I mean, human relationships are built on expectations. And quite often, when I do counseling of, of different types, this is where the problem is. This was my expectation and this was you. And there's a gap here. And that's where most counseling, most relationship counseling I, I do comes in is where somebody falls short of their of expectations. Most often the expectations are unrealistic. But regardless of that, they're falling short. We're, we fall short of the expectations of God in our relationship with him. And so we fall short of the glory of God. This is the first stop on the Roman road to salvation because we must understand we have a problem. We must admit that we have a problem. Any of you remember the old ABCs? Admit, believe, confess. Right? The first step is in, in, in the Roman road is understand that we have all have sin. The first step in ABCs, admit. Admit you have a problem. Admit that sin is a problem in your life. It has to be, that this, is, this has to be where we start. We start by admitting that we, we have a problem, that we are sick and need the cure. And I'll say again, this is where most of us have a problem. This is where pride gets in the way. Pride gets in here and says, well, I'm not, I'm not so bad. Or we, we compare ourselves to somebody else, right? I'm not, I, I may be, you know, I'm not a saint, but I'm not that bad. Not as bad as that guy, right? Yes, you are. <laughs> Every single one of us are. Every single one of us have this sin problem. So this is why it's the first stop. We must understand that we have a sin problem that God has solved in Christ. So what's the comfort and challenge here? We are redeemed, made righteous, declared innocent. We are justified, declared innocent, made righteous, 
ethically clean. Our sin is covered by the blood of Christ. In Christ, we have all of this. All of this. The challenge to these, these verses or this passage is we have to understand our need. We have to know that we're sick. We have to know that we need Christ. And so I've got to ask you right now, are you, are, are, do you know Christ died for you? Do you know that, that his blood covers your sin, that you have been declared innocent and made ethically pure, bought and paid for and set free in Christ? Because if you don't know that, you can right now. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for just a moment. Are you realizing that you have a sin problem today? Are you realizing that you've been going on the idea that you're just a good enough person? Will you take a step of faith today? Will you, will you admit that you have sin in your life? It's as simple as a prayer. You just... God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've, I've done things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've said things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I'm going to trust what this passage says. I'm going to trust that I am declared innocent, that I am made ethically pure, that my sin is covered, and that I am bought and paid for and set free in Christ. And so I ask you to forgive me because of the Jesus' finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and empower me. Empower me to live the life Christ has for me. <coughs> if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but you, have, you are trusting what you can do, not what he has done. Are you trying to make yourself righteous? Are you trying to declare yourself innocent? Are you trying to reach God when God has reached down to us in Christ? Take a moment and ask God to just forgive you for for trusting your own effort. And to help you focus on life in Christ. Father, we thank you for these verses, this passage that tells us so much about who Christ is, what he's done for us. And it tells us who we are and what we need. We thank you. And we pray that, that as we go from this place, as we, as we live our lives this week, that we live them in Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.